The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I am your host, Dr. Drayvon James, and I am super excited to have you here with us today on the Unity Online Radio Network, where we explore the concept of developing a life of peace every day. We do this every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or whatever time it is in your corner of the world right now. And yes, that's right. A life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Can you even imagine such a thing? Well, I'm here to tell you that yes, it is possible. Yes, you deserve it. And yes, you can achieve it. Listen, I am the mother of two teenagers, a wife, a full-time pharmacist, an actress, author, and creator of Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James, where I do workshops and keynote speaking. And just like your life, my days are long and busy. But just because we're busy doesn't mean that we cannot have a life of peace, a day of peace every day. In fact, it's important that we develop the skills to create a life of peace every day. So right here on the Everyday Peace Show with Dr. Drayvon James, that's what we endeavor to do is to partner with with each other as we develop a lifestyle that embraces the concepts that will lead to a life of wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, totality, every day. And I'm super excited to bring you today's radio broadcast, broadcast because... We're talking about reaching the youth, a voice in the wilderness. I once heard someone wise once told me that a parent is as happy as their least happy child. I'll give you a moment to process that. A parent is happy as as happy as their least happy child. I didn't have children when somebody told me that, and that didn't sound too good to me (laughs) because I was like, hmm, right, remembering my own youth. And now as a mom of two teenagers, that statement comes into my mind because don't we want the youth to have a happy and prosperous life, to make decisions that are going to lead to a happy, fruitful life? And so often we listen to things, music, and watch videos, and go to movies, and watch the news, and we see lifestyles that 
we really get concerned about. And if you're anything like me, when my kids were really young, I used to tell my kids, when mommy gets scared, it looks a lot like being mean. And I'm sorry for that, but I'm really scared about whatever it is that you're doing. Well, 18 years in as a parent, I've learned how to be concerned and still peaceful at the same time. But still, and I seek out wisdom. I seek out wisdom in communicating with the youth because that's so important. I never thought when I was younger that uh, I was speaking a different language than my mom was. Really, I didn't. I just, I really, you know, she said some things that I thought were really interesting, but I can look back now and see that I was so influenced by the culture that hmm, maybe her voice wasn't reaching me wasn't reaching me. And I think back at my ripe old age now and I say, oh my gosh, my mom was right about this. She was right about that. And I know a lot of listeners out there probably nodding their heads and say, yep, (laughs) our parents were right. Well, wouldn't it be nice to have somebody that was a contemporary, a contemporary who had a mindset that was leading our children, or, or not just our children, the youth, the youth, in a way so that they could formulate decisions using what I call a true North. My son is 15 and if he were sitting here right now, he'd say, oh, my mom says this about everything every day. I always say, what is your true North? Because if you judge everything by your true North, you're not gonna go wrong as long as you've picked a true North. Your true North can't be politics because it changes, right? It's not a foundation that you can build on. It changes, the views change depending on what party's in there, right? You gotta have a true North. That which you judge your behavior and what you're gonna get involved in. I don't mean judge like um, to deem something bad or, you know, we're, we're not in that space. Hopefully we're not in that space of bad and good, right and wrong. But there is a way, there is a way, a path that's going to lead not only our youth, but us in a fruitful, productive manner. Not that we won't have problems, not that we won't have challenges because we grow with those challenges, but a way that's a path that's gonna lead to the purpose for our life, right? I'm reminded of this verse and and the Bible says, beloved, I would that you would prosper even as your soul prospers, right? So we're here for that. Today, I'm so blessed to be bringing to you a young man by the name of Jamal McRae, who will be speaking with us today about his social media Bible study. Get that, social media Bible study. He's young, he's 29 years old kind of tells you how old I am. And I I think 29 is nice and young, Uh, 29 years old. And I was on Instagram because I consider myself a relatively cool mom, right? I know who little Uzi Vert is. And if you don't know who that person is, don't worry about it. You're not missing out on much, (laughs) but I do know who he is. And, and I, and not that his music is bad. It's just, you know, it's for younger people, I guess. Um, so I, uh, but I enjoy it with my son and I know the latest dances. I consider myself a really cool mom. I, I know I, I'm on social media here and there, and I happened to be on social media, and I saw this Bible study. I didn't just see it once. I saw it once, and then the next day I was on, I saw it again, and I saw another series. It's like three or four parts of series and things, and it really caught my eye. And the first thing that caught my eye about this Bible study is I said, wow, this is a pretty cool-looking guy. And his message was so sound. So I shared it with my daughter, who's 18 years old. 
She thoroughly enjoyed it. And I just don't know why I didn't share it with my son. Uh, Life just gets busy like that. But in preparation for today's show, I showed it to my son and he goes, Mom, he looks so cool. I thought that was the first thing that I thought when I saw, (laughs) saw him. And so I say that to say that for a younger generation, and maybe for, you know, every generation, appearance is the first thing people have, right? Our eyes, that sensory is the first thing that kind of grabs somebody or repels somebody. And especially when we're talking about the youth, I think we really get their attention when we have something that makes them say, aha, this man that we have today, Jamal McRae, has that aha, makes you want to stop, hear his message, and you hear the message. And even as a mom, you say there's something there. So I'm happy to bring him with to us today to discuss his social media Bible study. Mr. Jamal McCray, welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on here. Oh, you're Truly so appreciative. Oh, thank you for being here. And I want to just say this um, verse because I, <laughs> when I read, when I think of you, I think of this and you can tell me how true it is. Proverbs 22, 6, the King James Version says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Mm. I, I want to start there with you, Mr. Jamal, um, because tell us you know, a little bit about where you came from. How did you, you're 29 years old, that's right, 29? Yes. How did you get cool 29, cool 29, and that all the things that you could have done, where do you come from that you, that you decided with my social media footprint is going to be Bible study? What's your history, your background? Um, that's a great question to start off. Um, so it came about, this is my relationship grew with the Lord, uh, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, I give all the honor, praise, and glory to you. Um, so I grew up in a church and uh, was in the church for a majority of my life. And I kind of stepped away uh, just because I felt like I wanted to get, um, make some changes in my personal life. You know, I think sometimes we can get caught up in the business of church and sometimes we need to make changes in ourselves. And so I stepped away and felt like I'm going to start working on making some changes that I need to make personally as I take this next step in my life, um, where I felt like I wanted my ministry and my life to kind of just match and become synonymous. And um, during that time, I stepped away. You know, I was, my prayer to God was really like, you know, when I was in church, I was teaching Bible study to youth and young adults, uh, young adults you know, from 18 to 29, youth being middle school and high schoolers. And when I stepped away um, from the church during that time or just attending the church, you know, because the church is in us, when I stepped away from attending a church at that time, I, I thought, you know, my prayer was like, man, I'm not being able to talk about the Bible. I'm not, and that's, I feel like that's the gift that God has given me. And I, my prayer was like, you know, God, while I'm continually um, taking this break or stepping away from church, can you just give me a way where I can still reach people and still talk about the Bible? Because I know you've taught me and you've grown, grew me and grew me in that. And I don't want to just sit on that information. And he just, that prayer was just answered. Um, and he just started bringing it all together about reaching out to a friend of mine at the high school, asked if they could shoot, help shoot the videos, started coming up with topics. It was just like, as soon as I prayed that prayer, God just started moving on the whole situation. And I was listening to a sermon by Pastor Stephen Furtick, and it was kind of like the confirmation where he said, uh, uh, it was like, the more the stupider you feel doing something that God is telling you, the more likely it's exactly what God wants you to do. And that's kind of how I felt. 
I'm like, who put the Bible study web series on social media? But it's like, people aren't going to want to hear this. This isn't going to make a difference. But it was so key because I never thought it would have any impact. I was so afraid and nervous to do it. Um, but I was so grateful that it impacted so many people, more people than I was reaching when I was actually in church, which I kind of was thinking about the other day. So I was grateful that God answered my prayer um, and allowed me to do that and to continue to help people that people I don't even know, I haven't been in contact with, but be able to share messages that God has given me or God has shown me in my life to be able to give to other people that might not know or might not, you know, step foot in church, but to be able to hear that um, because, you know, social media can be the new trend now that people, uh, or, or some would say addiction or drug choice, things that people are on there constantly. And uh, I'm hoping that when people are on there, they can see some type of positivity or some type of positive message that may encourage them in this situation because you know you're scrolling and it's like hey you stop and you listen and i and i really appreciate those kind of words because you just want to get somebody to stop and listen that may be having a rough day or maybe going through something and i'm just hoping that that's what it's doing just encouraging somebody that's dealing with something you know that's exactly i think i want to say everything that you said about what you're doing, you know feeling like oh this is odd no one's going to be interested i think that you're right people do when you have that feeling, you're probably on to something. If you just keep pushing and going, you're really going to find that whatever you're doing is meant to touch the lives of other people and to really grow them. There is one particular, I mean, everything that you've put on there uh, to me has been such that it makes me stop and say, wow. So, and I think uh, I'll just talk about the thing I saw latest was something about Colby Bryant and mm-hmm. I think it was the last second, but the, what's, and I want to get all the terminology right because my, what got me was that I knew it was your site. Cause I'm familiar, you know, you're, I follow you now. And, mm-hmm. uh, so the, the Lakers came up, you know, a little clip of the Lakers. And I said, Oh, now what is this about? So it got my attention. And when it got my attention, that's the one I showed to my son. It got his attention because it's basketball, <laughs> you know, right. Right, and the right, clip, the clip was basketball, and I love how you take these everyday. Uh, we can talk about other ones that you've done too, but you take this everyday sport, right? And a lot of people are into basketball, and you take a concept that Kobe Bryant used, and I'll let you just kind of introduce it. But it was in a secular. He used it in a secular frame to talk about his sport, yeah. and you tied it into the life in the life of a Christian. It was amazing. So you just share that with us a little bit about your style and what that was all about. Oh, yeah. Okay, no problem. Um, it was called the Kobe Bryant last second shot analogy. Uh, and it was and it was crazy how that came together. But again, it's like God gives you ways to explain things to help people um, sometimes understand the seriousness of things. And it's to take something as simple as basketball and then tie it into life. And so uh, Kobe Bryant is my favorite player. And I was listening to him talk in an interview. That's the one thing, like, I like you were saying, like your son, like I tell my mom, like my favorite artist, and the thing I like, like if I have a favorite artist, like if I like uh, J. Cole or Kendrick Lamar or Jay-Z, I want to hear you talk. Like Kobe Bryant's my favorite player. I want to hear him talk in an interview because I want to hear how he thinks to see, hey, I like your music or I like your, your, your game in basketball, but how are you as a person? Like how do you talk in conversation? So I was listening to Kobe's uh, interview, and he's very uh, uh, cerebral in how he approaches things and how he talks, and I thought that was really cool because life is – cerebral but life isn't as complex as we make it sometimes it's very simple if we can take moments and um so what i use to explain this moment it actually 
uh, came in handy, especially when you're speaking to guys and you're trying to get them to understand something. So if you're talking to a young guy and you're trying to get him to understand the seriousness of life, because usually as a guy, we think life is kind of fun and we can just have fun and enjoy it. But it's like, you know, life is serious. And so they will say, what do you mean by that? So think about it in the aspect of sports. And this is how the Kobe Bryant last second shot analogy came to life. So in the moment, you'll see Kobe Bryant. He has the ball. Um, he's in the Staples Center, which is in L.A. That's the home court for the Lakers. He's dribbling the ball, and somebody's standing in front of him trying to stop him from making his last second basket. But he has the confidence and the belief that I'm going to make this shot, and I'm going to make it over him, and we're going to win this game, and everybody's going to see it. And he shoots that shot over the opponent, and sometimes it goes in and sometimes it doesn't. So it's like, okay, well, what does that have to do with life? Now think about life, whether it's in friendships, whether it's in um, dating, uh, whether it's in job interviews, you take that moment and you recognize the seriousness of the moment. Because sometimes if we just playing around, you, you think you could just talk and date and be, can lose friends, get friends, you know, go to job interviews, like all that stuff would just keep coming around. But when you stop and you put it in the moment of it happening, just as if it was a last-second shot, you know what a last-second shot, you don't get the opportunity again. Once it happens, you miss or you make, it's over. So if you take that same opportunity with your friends, if you take that same opportunity in dating, if you take that same opportunity in your job interview, going to school, you take the seriousness of it every day. I got to treat it like I get one shot, right? Make or miss. Sometimes I'm going to miss, meaning I'm going to mess up. I'm not going to handle it correctly. But the thing you do is you look at that and say, now what could I have done to get better? That's what athletes do to get better. They go back and they think about situations. Now what could I have done to get better? You're going to make the shot, meaning things are going to turn out well, you're going to go on dates. You're going to make new friends. You're going to get new jobs. You're going to get college acceptance letters. Those will be the moments to enjoy. So you can always focus back on those moments when new moments arise and you have to take those last second shots again in life. So that, that analogy was just to help people understand the seriousness of moments because sometimes we think we have so many moments, we don't really take them serious. But when you start to take each moment and put in that seriousness, you appreciate it more, if that, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes such good sense. I got to tell you, as a parent, uh, it's really wonderful to hear another young voice. And for the listeners, I really encourage you to check out his um, Instagram page. And, and that's generally where I follow you. But I know you're on all other social media, Facebook and a number of others. But because for me, I know as a mom of two children, two teenagers, I spend most of my time trying to tell that story in different ways about this moment, this now right moment, this exam this, you know, both of my kids are cross-country cross runners and track runners, and my daughter's gone on to college, my son's in 10th grade, and I spent a lot of time talking about, you know, I know you think that you got 10 other races in your lifetime, but this race matters. This one yeah. matters. And that, you know, in pushing to the end, or this exam matters, push to the end, and you know, don't, don't give up and do a mediocre job. Act like this is it on everything, not that you should be um, overly anxious for anything, but I want you to give everything your best and then, you know, let God take care of the rest, but give, give everything your best. And me saying it in a mom voice, I know sometimes I say it because I, I just feel like I cannot not say it, but to hear someone that is, you know, not their contemporary, obviously you're older than them, but you're still in that, you still can relate. You're still very, very relatable. 
you know the music, you know the lingo, you know the dress, the whole. And so it grabs a child's attention, a young person's attention. You say you used to teach Bible study to middle schoolers and high schoolers, and that's a difficult age to really influence for, uh, you know, for something that is made, for a message that may go against the culture when everything is very casual, like, you know, uh, where the popular message may not be uh, abstinence or, uh, you know, staying away from drugs. This is not the popular message that, that the youth are getting now, you know, with all this jeweling and vaping and all of that stuff. But to hear somebody in their culture say, hey, there's a different way and you still can have the look, you still can be just as whomever you want to be, but embrace something, embrace something, make your true north something that is not fleeting and something that is not destructive. So I, as a parent, I really, I I applaud it. It encourages me when I listen to your messages every day, but usually I can't wait to, you know, uh, email my, uh, share with my daughter via text message or something, say, hey, check this one out, check this one out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so, so it's really, really good. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you. So you were saying that you stepped away from the church. And I just want to talk about that for a moment, because I know as a parent, that's scary. I got a daughter who's in college now, and I'm constantly checking to see whether or not she's engaged in that college uh, mm. Bible study, you know, because something that she decided to do on her own, she missed to a week. And I was like nervous. I'm like, so why didn't you go? <laughs> right, so, right, right. so if, um, you know, what, what made you make the decision? I know you said you had some other things going on, but was that a hard decision to say, you know, I'm going to not do this formalized gathering? Yeah, yeah. No, actually, I can answer that. But it's two points. I like that thing we say, what's your north? Um, I actually just went to the movies to see Creed 2. I don't know if you saw it yet. It's a really not great yet. movie. Okay. Okay. So I, I, I'll, I won't say, I'm not going to tell you the movie, but it's one line that, that it's the same thing that you're saying that kind of resonated with me in the movie that he says. Um, so Rocky, of course, says the creed, and everybody knows who Rocky is, and now he's working with Creed's son in these new movies. But the question he asks him is, what are you fighting for? You know, and it's like, that's so deep because it's like you think it's simple, you know, asking a boxer, like, oh, I'm fighting the fight. But he's like, no, you don't fight the What are you fighting for? Like, why are you stepping in that ring? Why are you going through those rings? Why are you going through those ropes? Like, what are you fighting for? It has to be a purpose. There has to be a reason before reason why you're getting in that ring. And I think that's so true. Like, that's so similar to what you say when you say, what's the north? It's like, what are you fighting for? Like, you know, it's like, what are you getting up? Why are you training? What are you doing this for? And when you can have, figure out that question, like you said, your purpose, then you know exactly why you're doing something. So I, I just wanted to touch on that. I thought that was really cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah it's necessary. It's, it's, it really yeah. is necessary. Yeah. 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 So when we and talk- I'll answer you. Uh, Go ahead. Another yeah. question too. So and um, answer the question about stepping away from church. Uh, I I think for me, uh, it hit me being that like I think you made a good point earlier. Um, just impacting people. I think I didn't realize being young how much um I impact people. And so you be you're being young and you still want to be young and just do what you kind of want and have fun and um things of that nature and just enjoy being young. But it's tough when you're been tasked with the responsibility that you impact people. God has given you a gift. And I think, you know, being in the church, sometimes that pressure, uh, when you're not ready or you're not there yet, sometimes you need to be able to do what's best for you and kind of step away and say, Hey, I realize I, I, I'm influential. And, um, and I don't mean that in like a cocky way. I mean, like, you know, I've been given a gift to where you, I've been given the gift of speaking and talking and being able to help people. 
um, and which can bring influence in hand. So I realized with this responsibility that is given, it needs, means I need to take live a certain lifestyle so that my lifestyle won't hinder anybody from my message, you know, that God has given me. And I think when I realized that and that if, when my lifestyle wasn't living up, like I'm in my 20s, but I can't live like a regular 20-year-old person. You know, I can still have fun, but it's, it's, it's boundaries that I need to live within in submission to God that I need to live within and, and acknowledge that and not just be like, you know what, hey, I'm young, I'm 20. Yeah, I feel God has a calling on my life, but I still just want to do whatever I, I want to. No, you can't. You have to make a decision. And I think it's just ironic that once I was able to kind of step away from church, I was able to make that decision on my own. You know what I mean? Because I think sometimes in church, you're getting so caught up in the religiousness of the repetition that you're not really recognizing the changes in yourself that you need to make. So stepping away now is giving me the time to work on the things about myself that I personally want to change. And I do plan on, um, you know, getting back into a minute, uh, like we, like you're talking about now, now that I've started this new ministry, which I didn't even expect to do stepping away. And, you know, it's it giving me an opportunity to help in a way where I was, it's kind of going to sound weird to say it, but I, I, it gave me a way to help people when I needed help, which is weird. When I needed help to step away and figure things out about myself and learn things about myself, things I needed to change and having people talk to me, mending relationships. It was just a season of change that I needed to make. And in that season, I ended up impacting so many more people that I could never imagine, you know? So, um, but like, like you said, my mom was the same way. She was very nervous when I stepped away from the <laughs> church, but I think my relationship with the Lord actually got closer because those are the moments when you realize you, he really speaks to me, he talks to me and, you know, he like the song says, he walks with me and he talks with me. And that became a moment of, in that moment, it was, you know, hearing his voice and it's like, you know, him still being there. And it's like, wow, God is still with me. And it's like, what am, what are we going to do now? And it's like, we can either go closer or go further apart. And I'm grateful that we grew closer, but me, me doing my work that I needed to do and, and, you know, I started reading the word more. I started reading devotionals, started listening to sermons more often. Um, and that's when I kind of found out about Pastor Stephen Furtek and Pastor Michael Todd and started listening to these pastors and just make it started my mornings off like that. So it just gave me a whole new world um, of growth that I needed to kind of step into. So I was grateful for that. Wow. You know, I'm listening to you. And if I didn't know you were 29, I swear I think you were 49 because what you just <laughs> said was so, so profound because we can get lost up in the whole legalism of church and the routine of church to it becomes an, another thing that we're doing instead right. of really instead of really touching us on a, on a soul level, if you will. So and. I can really appreciate how, you know, I you walked away and when you walked away, it could have gone a different way for you. It, it could have yeah. gone a different way for you. You could have embraced the culture 110 percent and never looked back. But because it wow. that seed was really there and you ch made the choice to embrace it. And I think, um, gosh, you're, you're growing me up here in this conversation because you making the choice to walk away from the the building. We're going to take a short commercial break now. We're going to come back and I want to talk about your ministry, of uh, your Bible study lesson about the lions. I thought was incredible. So we'll be right back. You listen to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James and my amazing guest from A Voice in the Wilderness, uh, Jamal McCray.
Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you will give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the support of listeners like you to continue operating and expand its outreach. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate today. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Eric Butterworth, taken from the live lecture, A Course in Practical Metaphysics. Healing is the experience in our life of coming out of the darkness into the light, getting out of the confusion of human consciousness into the allness which is always present. But the allness of infinite life is present even within the illness. So God is not a healer. He doesn't look down upon you and say, well, you're sick, but you're a good person and I like you very much, so I'm going to take this illness away from you. God doesn't take illness away from anybody, nor does God put illness into anyone, which belies a lot of traditional religious thought, too. We talk about, well, suffered to be so, it's God's will, and I guess it's my place to accept it. The will of God must always be the ceaseless longing of the Creator to express itself in that which has created. So it's a constancy, it's a force, which is ever seeking to press itself out into visibility as life, as wholeness, as success. To find out more about Eric Butterworth, visit unity.org. Since 1924, Daily Word has offered inspiration and practical teachings through daily prayer messages to help people of all faiths live happy, healthy lives. The magazine includes two months of daily affirmations, messages, articles, and spiritual poetry to help you get inspired. Subscriptions are available for print editions in large type and Spanish, as well as the digital subscription package that includes the online magazine with audio, smartphone app, and daily email. Get your subscription today. Visit dailyword.com or unity.org. If you're looking to deepen your spiritual journey, Unity Magazine is your go-to source for information and inspiration. It's been beautifully redesigned and packed with interesting articles and compelling interviews from today's spiritual thought leaders. You'll find science, spirituality, and healing with a look at Eastern philosophies, meditation, as well as completely new ways to interpret the Bible. Plus, reviews on the latest spiritual books and music. Get a free trial issue at unitymagazine.org. Tune into Everyday Attraction with Ray Zander every Friday at 12 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio. Take a deep dive into the teachings of Abraham and discover how to make the law of attraction work for you in your life. Each week, Ray goes into the heart of understanding the power of our emotions and how to become conscious co-creators. Learn how to release resistant thoughts and live life to the fullest. Find out more at everydayattraction.com. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. All right, so you're back with Dr. Drayvon James and Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. And today we are discussing with Jamal McRae, A Voice in the Wilderness, is what I entitled today's session because our radio program, because 
Jamal has a special gift of being able to reach the youth with his secular message and just taking everyday occurrences and making making them into aha teachable moments, if you will, aha teachable moments, and that uh, something as as small or as big, if you will, as uh, the basketball Lakers taking a game and um, just turning that into a teaching moment about staying in the now and making the most of now. And so I happen to, um, I listen to, I, like I said, I'm a fan, I'm a follower, whatever you want to call me. So I listen to a lot of your stuff. And I know recently you put up a post that really uh, um, impressed me. It was about the lion. Uh, you, you said that the Lord led you to put on your heart to watch a documentary about lions yes. and hyenas. Yes. And right. you tied that to the culture. And I just, I'm, you know, I'm saying to myself, oh my gosh, another amazing one. I haven't had a chance to share that with my son yet, but I will. So um, let's talk a little bit before we talk about that one in particular. But is that, what is your process? I mean, you just, I, I, you do a lot of stuff. You, you grab stuff from everywhere. So are you, yeah. just, are you just that observant in life or do you really sit down and say, you know, wait for the Lord just to give you something and you, how does that come across? What is your process for picking up these everyday trinkets and turning them into jewels? Uh, that's humble. Thank you. Uh, I talk to, um, just talking to the Lord a lot. And it's like, I'm so grateful for the relationship. Um, and, I, and I always tell people, I know I sound crazy when I say God spoke to me and God spoke to me, but I'm grateful because it's like him speaking to me, just giving me those opportunities to help people and use analogies. When people say it back, it's like, oh, wow, I didn't even think it was going to impact or make sense. And so, like, I remember I just, you know, you pray and you really want to reach people. I remember it was this young guy, his name was John Locke. I'll never, I don't think I'm going to forget his name. Um, but he, he was so, um, I met him when I was still um, teaching in church and he was so gung-ho about money, you know, being a young guy. And he, you know, you know, that, that young kid that sees money as just a way to life of the life of the American I don't even want to say American dream because I don't think anybody calls it that no more, but to see that's the way to be able to experience life, to be able to do what you want, go where you want, have every, whoever you want, date who you want. And so I, I was one, I really wanted to explain to him in a way where he could understand about the dangers of money. And I was like, I, look, and I was just, and I was just, um, I don't know if I was there. I was praying, I was just talking to God and just thinking like, I need to find a way to explain this to him because I don't want him to go graduate from high school and not understand the dangers of that type of thinking. And so, and I never even, I haven't did a video for this, but I don't know if I will, but it, uh, it, it was a, the story of Jodeci came to me and God gave me that story. So this is, a, I'll share another example of like God giving me something and then being able to take it and gave it to explain it to a kid. And it, and it was crazy because he's not, he wasn't a kid that would just come to church. His mom was bring, making him come. And so I was like, look, man, I get it. You don't really want to be here, but let me talk to you. And just hear me out. He said, okay, I hear you out. And so I get what you're saying. I understand, you know, when you're young, you don't have no money. You feel like once you get money, life is going to be okay. But I want to explain the thinking of that. So I was like, I'm going to explain this group to you. Which is funny because to him, Jodeci seemed like I was talking about the temptation. So I was like, <laughs> it was, just, <laughs> it was like this group. It was this group called Jodeci. And um, I think people were shocked. I was shocked how this actually came out. But I was like, it's this group called Jodeci. And they were based off of two brothers, both that loved to sing, you know, and one could write music, um, who did a really good job in writing music. And the other one, the, uh, that was the two. So two, the two set of brothers, one set of brothers had the writer. He could write music really well. Um, 
His name was Devontae. So he could write the music. Then, of course, you had the other set of brothers with the voices. They had the really strong voices. So they happened, they, but they both were growing up in church. They grew up in church, but they had the dream of singing. And so we talk about you have the dream of making money. So you're going to see how this is going to come together. So they have the talent to do. You have the, the wit, the smart to go after what you want. And they have the talent as well. So they end up dating like sisters or best friends. And that's how they all met and became, you know, hey, you guys sing. You should meet this other brother, these two brothers that write music. Hey, you write music. You sing. So that's, if you don't know, that's how Jodeci came together. So that these, you know, church kids, church boys that meet, have the dream of wanting to become singers. And in that moment, uh, you know, they have that dream. They pack up. They go to New York, you know, just like everybody does. You have that dream. And so they go to um, the studio, uh, the record label. And, you know, at first people are like, no, I don't know. He's a bunch of kids. And so um, somebody's like, we well, you know what, just give him a chance. Give him to the intern and let the intern work with him, you know, see what the intern can do. Uh, the intern happened to be um, Puff Daddy or Diddy, which was funny. So he was the intern at the time. So he's like, I got him. I'll take him from here. I'll give him an image. I'll change their whole style. Because, of course, when they showed up, they like church boys. So they're like, we can't make this work. So we're going to change your look, and we're going to give you this image to make you look like bad boys, almost like you guys will look kind of dangerous, but edgy, and, you'll, and you can sing really good. So they change their look. And so the reason I'm telling you this is because when you're going after something, and that's all you focus on, you'll let people change and shift you if you're not grounded and, and, and filled with purpose. So, of course, this group, they get caught up in, we made it now, we get to sing, but now we got to deal with all this other stuff. So somebody's changed our image and our look, gave us a name. We go with that. Now we got to deal with temptations and women and drug addiction, stuff that we had no idea about, right? And so, of course, now they get caught up in drugs, you get caught up in women, you get caught. And then they're extremely successful, but then they disappear because it was too much, right? And then egos and you break up. And it's like, so it's like, why am I telling you all this? Because you chase one thing, not realizing all the other things that you pour into it. So you're going to be thinking about money, but you're not going to realize the people that are going to try to come and take it from you. You're not going to realize the people that are going to try to take advantage of you. You're not going to realize all these things because you're focused on one thing. These guys just wanted to sing and didn't know the dangers that come along with it. So it's like, if I can get you focused on the Lord and get that relationship with you right, the money will be there, but it won't take advantage of you or let the people come in and take advantage of you. So, I never had a kid that was like 17 sit there and just listen to me for like 30 minutes explain this story, but he was just locked in and he said he really appreciated it. And it's like, he ended up going off to the military after he graduated. So, and it's like, he's one of those guys I hope when I bump down into the road of life, you know, whatever happens to him, that, he, that message, you know, and his mom said, you know, she appreciated it. She came back and said that, you know, he talks about the lessons that you talk about. So it's like, you hope that stuff like that makes a difference to explain it. And it's like, I always tell kids like I, I wasn't tasked with I'm not the basketball coach you know what I mean I'm not the vocal coach I'm not the acting coach I'm not anything I'm not the record producer I'm not I don't have the cool job my job doesn't seem cool to you I'm the guy sitting here trying to tell you about the bible and it's like I'm trying to get you to be like I get everything about you else is trying to get your attention whether it's music sports and we could talk about all that but I've just been given the task to make sure that you understand who Jesus Christ is and who he is in the bible and who he should be in your life that's my job. And it's not going to seem cool now, but if I can get you to just pay attention, however I can get you through explaining to Kobe Bryant, through explaining to Lions, through explaining to musical groups, if whatever God gives me as an analogy, 
and I know he's doing that to get his glory, then it's like, that's what I want to do. And help me to use my voice and the wit that you gave me to bring it together, if that makes sense. It makes so much sense, Jamal, because I love how you say you, you know who you are. I'm, I'm not the guy who's going to be um, teaching you voice lessons or teaching you how to shoot from the free throw line or, you know, a number of the, I'm the I'm the guy. I'm the guy who's going to help you formulate a true north for which when you when you get this foundation together, when you develop this, everything that you ever really, really wanted in life is going to grow from this from this fertile ground and it won't abuse you it won't abuse right. you so interesting because um i was have i have the opportunity to talk to a y- lot of young people and i'm very grateful for that and to listen mostly to young people talk and i was in a conversation with someone a young guy and we were just talking about his dreams and everything and he was telling me how things were unfolding in his life and he's in the second year of college and he's finally the popular guy and he's you know never was that before and so as we were talking and you know he was sharing some things with me and I said to him you want to be careful that you don't mirror uh, what God meant for good you mm. use for you use for bad your popular yeah. you know, don't let your popularity change you don't let that change you right. let your true north be your true north and then you go into the you know you, I, I i was 20 once too i know how great that feels and i want you to enjoy that but i want you to be a person who uh, you know, be you take that right. true north take that relationship with god with you wherever you go and use that to formulate whatever fun that you're having. No one says you can't have a good time and uh, still, and still keep God as your true North. It'll make the good time even better because you won't go off and get involved. Like I love the example about Jodeci, wonderful group, wonderful singing, but got involved in some things because the foundation, the foundation was weak. You don't know who you are when you go into the game and you let so many people influence you. And uh, you know, that's, that was a great analogy of what can happen when you don't have a true north or know your purpose. No, I'm right. not the you know I'm not the guy or the girl who's going to get involved in that. Still here to have a good time, but I'm not going to get involved in that because this is my true north. And it is so refreshing to hear someone that's under fifty, right? Um, <laughs> you know, to say you know right in the I mean because you're in the middle of you're in, you know you're you're in this culture, in this culture, right. and it's and it's a wonderful culture, I, you know. I hear a lot of people say, oh, they wouldn't want to be young now. I certainly would. I think I could handle it. But but, <laughs> but uh, I wasn't tasked with that. <laughs> but um, because, because the world is so much bigger, you know, you're, you're exposed to so much more. You can take your message so much wider. Your audience is so much bigger. But the foundation has to be there. It has to be there. So I'm grateful that you are using your voice you're everything, using everything you got for the kingdom of God and to advance yeah. the kingdom with these talented, talented youth that are out there that have so much to give. And quite oftentimes, I believe that they are looking for a mentor, somebody younger than their parents <laughs> and cooler than their parents that understands what they're going through. Right. Because um, I tell my daughter, she says to me, Mom, you just don't understand. I said, oh, no, because I've never been 18. <laughs> and she right. says, oh, it's, it's so much different. I'm like, no, it's really not different. It's really, it's really no different. Yeah. You just get, you got, you got more stuff. But the, the desires of a young person are the desires of a young person. You want to be heard. You want to be seen. You want to be accepted. That's universal. Yeah, and, probably, I, and I think, yeah, 
Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I'll say I think that it ties back into when you were saying about the lion versus hyenas analogy, because I know you, you asked me to explain that. Um, and I think what I'm learning now, I think what God is showing me, and again, I'm truly humble, and I, I'm just grateful that I'm trying to now step into the calling of my life where God has placed on me to do, and I'm grateful for that. So I just give him all the credit and glory and praise, you know, you know Jesus Christ for that. Uh, but um, to answer about the lions versus hyenas, that times, because like you said, I'm, I'm starting to realize life is more primal. Like we make life seem like, you know, like you said, as, as a daughter now, she feels like, Mom, you don't understand because technology is here and all that. But life is primal. Life is primal. And that's why I was the analogy with lions versus hyenas made sense because the life is the same as it was for the caveman. You know, eat, protect, sleep. You know, it, it, it doesn't change that much no matter what. Whether it's the 80s, the 90s, it doesn't change. You eat, you sleep, protect, you know, pay. You know, and it, it's just like so simple, but we make life so complicated. And it's like, what does that mean? You still, you still have to eat, you still have to sleep, you still have to work pay bills. And it's like, yeah, things have changed. The car can now park itself. Well, now you can log into it. But it's the same primal things about love, you know, care, affection, the same things you need as a person, you know, the same things. And it's like, we complicate life. So I think when you can go back, when you say primal, when you look at primal, then look at animals. And that was the whole analogy of lion versus hyena. So God was speaking to me. And I thought it was crazy. Like, why am I going to sit here and watch a documentary? And I like lions, but I'm not going to sit here watch a doc whole album worth of documentaries but he just kept placing it on my heart and i watched his documentary about lions versus hyenas excellent documentary and it made me think about us as a people how lions are so the way they operate the way they handle their own territories and pride it's like it's amazing like these are animals but they are so structured and so disciplined and the fact that how the women in the pride all work together, you know, to hunt and to help feed each other, feed the cubs, how the male lion, you know, keeps the order with the young cubs and to protect the territory from the hyenas and from other lions. Because the amazing thing is that those areas are broken up in territory. I never knew that. I never knew when a lion would only run a certain distance and stop chasing another, an animal. It has to stop because it's out of its territory. And it's crazy. You can't see it, but they know it. And it's like they stop. And they don't ever, within that pride, they don't try to hurt each other. They look out for each other. And so hyenas and lions and hyenas are complete enemies. Hyenas are completely the opposite, total dysfunction. Uh, they are within their own groups. They will try to hurt and kill each other. Uh, the women do, uh, dominate the group, and the men have no power, no control. The cubs will even try to kill each other. You know, it's like so much disorder. And so you look at life and it's like, how do we want to be as a culture? Do we want to function like the lion where stability is discipline, you know, it's order or the hyenas where it's chaos and out of control. And you see that in the groups of animals and that's why they don't get them off. And I just thought that was so simple. Like that's how simple life can be when there's discipline, when there's not discipline, you know what I mean? When there's order and when there's not order and that's what you get. And it's like the animals get it and you see it in the animals and it's the same thing as people and, and God, you know, you know, it, that that just came together, and I was like, wow, that's so deep, because that, you see where we are. I think that is so powerful, especially when we're talking to the youth, and there yeah. is a tendency to uh, want 
to be free. And I, and I understand that because you, you know, if, if you've grown up, like you said, you have, and I know that my kids have, and so many other people have, you've grown up in this disciplined culture where there's school and there's an athletic event and then there's church on Sundays and there's chores and everything's pretty much set. And so when right. you get, when you get set free from that, you know, you walk across that graduation stage and oh my goodness, you're just hit with all this freedom. And no, I'm not going to church today. Guess what? I graduated yesterday. Right. Right, right. right. And, and, you know, and you hear this and, and you understand that, you know, they want freedom and that's great. But and, and they are free. But you want to have a disciplined life, not to say you have to be regimented, but chaos. Right. Chaos is at the root of destruction when right. you don't have discipline and order. And when I when I listen to you, I think you did a three. You know, it's like a three or four part. Um, so I listened to that yeah. and I thought um, this every youth. I, I don't know how, you know, what your plans are for the future with your ministry. I know we talked about that, but for me, I see you uh, traveling and teaching at different schools. And, you know, when I, when we were kids, when I was a kid in school, I used to love when they would have assembly day because an assembly meant that there were no classes and if there were no classes, well, there could be no homework. <laughs> and so but when, when the assembly came, it usually was somebody who would come and teach a life lesson. I, I remember when I was in high school, and someone came and they taught about uh, drunk driving it was near prom season. And it took up the whole day, really, you know, all these little workshops about drunk driving and not to drink during, you know, during the prom. And But I could really see uh, the culture benefiting from a young man such as yourself being there, wow. coming into the school system and being being relatable. Because you are so relatable. I hope that's coming across to the listeners as they're listening to you talk, the ease of which you express really, they are simple concepts, but when there are, they're simple complex concepts. Let me say it that way, because they are lessons that too often, too mm-hmm. often we don't put in place after, until so many things have gone in the wrong direction. And then we look back and say, you know what? I need to get some discipline in myself. You know what? Now I need to learn how to embrace the moment and give it all I got right here. So it would be great for somebody like yourself to come in and be that approachable guy and that so relatable. And I want to say this, and I hope it's not lost on me. I hope it's not lost on our listeners. I'm sure it isn't that um, you being male, a man, I think is so very significant so very significant. You mentioned something about the hyenas, and I don't know how I missed this in your talk, uh, but you said the hyena organization is mostly run by women. And of course, I'm a woman, so no slight against women at all. Not at all. all. (laughs) But, but, but I will say this, long before I became a mom of a a soon-to-be 16-year-old, I read an article, and I want to, gosh, it wasn't in a Christian magazine. It was maybe, I don't know, psychology magazine or something. I'm always picking up something different to read. And mm-hmm. it said this. It said in the article, there is an age at which the voice of a woman cannot penetrate the heart of a young boy. And I don't remember mm-hmm. the I can't remember the number because I hadn't had a son yet. But it always stuck in my mind that and it said something that it resonates at a different frequency. So when he mm. hears his mom's voice, it's no longer a voice of uh, instruction. It's all oh, that sweet old lady or <laughs> or uh, my, my sweet, my sweet, lovely mom, which that's great. But it's not very authoritative or it's my nagging mom. It's still not very authoritative. It doesn't move them to be. This is a voice of authority. 
even if they're paying attention and doing what their mom says, it resonates on a different level. And I never lost the memory of that article in my heart as I now am a mom of a, a soon to be 16 year old son this month, he'll be 16. And I mm. watch our relationship and I'm always looking for ways to introduce him to concepts that I embrace and that don't necessarily come out of my mouth, if that makes sense. Right. So, so I think that, um, you being African-American and, uh, and obviously a man, there is a lot of opportunity, a lot of opportunity for you to really reach a culture that is waiting to be reached. Mm. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're like like sponges, like sponges. So much yeah. of the young, young culture is like sponges. But I, I think it takes a certain finessing to reach some of our youth. Some of our youth, some of it, some of them are a lot more sheep-like, and you can lead them into um, a way that's going to profit them easier. And then some right. are very skeptical mm. and very hard and necessary. Not hard in a bad way, but they're just very skeptical about what you want to say about uh, God and you know this kind of life because they don't want to appear to be soft because they don't want to appear to be the next victim because they feel like if I'm too vulnerable, you know, if I embrace that, it's going to make me a victim and I can't afford to spend one more second of my life as a victim. I'd rather, you know, and some of the times they feel like they'd rather be a victimizer than a victim, you know, both are, both are not where you want to be, but I'm saying all that to say, I think that you're in a great position to reach people who really, really want to be reached, but mm. people haven't figured out how to reach them yet. They haven't figured it out. And maybe they haven't been called to do it. You know, everybody's called to do a different thing. But certainly, yeah. I think your message when you say, when you say, I, you know, you were speaking to, you used to teach middle school, high, in high school children. I can see a huge influence there. Um, a huge, and it has a huge need, Jamal. I'm listening to your messages Every day when you play something on YouTube, I'm always, you know, you pop up on my feed when you, when you do something and I listen to it and I get something out of it. But then oh, I do this test. You walk, I do this test with my daughter. So I always send it when she's a you know, college class. Share this with your friends. <laughs> get back to me. And let me know how, how that worked out. If, if anybody said anything <laughs> about it. And I'll tell you real funny is that, you know, she's in Bible study at, at her college and. You know, as a mom, of course, I want her to stay in that. Whatever she does is ultimately her decision, however. But she said to me one day, she's, you know, listened to the video or whatever. And then she told one of her group of friends, she says, well, I'm getting ready to go to my meeting. And so they all start laughing. And they said to her, by your meeting, do you mean that Bible study? <laughs> <laughs> so, she says, so she says to me, Ma, I didn't want to say Bible study because they're so critical. You know, I just want to say it was a meeting. But, you know, they called her out in the thing. But uh, right. she said, she said that the thing is that nobody laughed at her about when she said, you know, check out this video that my mom just sent me. And I thought that was pretty cool. So, um, and so that's my vision. I don't know. I, I'm glad that you listened to God. What do you think your vision is for what you're going to do next with your social media Bible study? Um, yeah, I think you, I think you're right on, you know what I mean? I think, um, that's, that's definitely the plan. You know, I wanted to put this out here, um, almost as a, like a resume or, um, just to show that, hey, like a business card, or, you know, even though it's not a business, but just say, like, hey, this is what I can do. If given the opportunity to speak to some young people or young adults, just to encourage them, 
um, will help influence them to move in the right direction and to make sure that they have a relationship or at least know who, um, you know, about Jesus and not the cultural Jesus like that's on like the movies, but like the Jesus that's actually in the Bible and to, you know, give them the opportunity to share that with them and to share the message of the gospel about the, you know, Jesus Christ and, um, for them to know, be like, okay, that makes sense. You know, to be able to talk about the Bible, the stories in the Bible, um, just to be given those opportunities and go where, um, and, and it's, I'm careful when saying that because I know when, and I always used to tell, like, I used to tell the class, you got to be careful because when you say yes to God and you say, okay, or I'll God, I'll go, in your mind, he'll, you'll be thinking, like, I'll be cool if he just wants me to be mayor, but God will be having it for you to be the president. And it's like, <laughs> you know, you got to be careful, you know, it's like, so I, I'm, I'm a little hesitant, but I got to trust, you know, and I think, but then on the flip side, um, again, I listened to Stephen Furtick a lot, and he was preaching a sermon on that. And he was saying, you know, they came to him and said, you know, we want to give you this money to start another church, another site. And he was like, you know, I don't think we're ready for it. And the guy told him, like, hey, the way God works is you can get ahead of God and he'll close the door until he's ready for you to move. Or you can get behind and um, he'll he'll leave you there. So, you know, I never want to get left behind. I want to keep doing what he wants. So whatever you want God has for me to do, I want to do that. And I do feel like that's a direction um, that he's headed for me. I just got to keep working on things personally in my life. Um, that I feel like, and that means the personal meaning like marriage and things of that nature. And then hopefully I think from there, that min this ministry will continue to grow as well. Jamal, it has been a wonderful privilege to share you with this listening community on Unity Online Radio. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I am so looking forward to talking with you in the near future and just watching your social media Bible study class grow and grow and grow and following you to whatever it is that you do next. Thank you for committing to listening to the Lord and uh, mm. putting yourself out there for the youth. Uh, we are at the conclusion of our program. You're listening to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. And I want to tell you that everybody out here is an everyday peacemaker. It is, your, it is your superpower. Embrace it and go forth, and we'll meet again next Monday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or whatever time that is in your corner of the world. Until next time, be peaceful. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.